When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Might be different. Uh, and then this is the funniest one: is kids taking taking shits in public places? Oh, who is that? So that's why we're in this kind of situation. Oh, sorry, shit. Mine had come off on mute. <laughs> It's like, who's that, Matt? At least we know that when she mutes her mic, she doesn't slag us off. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off the limit for these potty mouth found mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No, no holes barred. Um, hello, Laura. Hello, Victoria. Guess this what? is weird because it's we're recording with each other. Video. video. <laughs> we have never recorded an episode on video before, guys. Um, so this is a new experience. I can see Laura. She and looks I can see Victoria. Like a little <laughs> white ghost. Victorian ghost. <laughs> Come to haunt me. I She's am so white. translucent. All you can see are my teeth and eyes and fringe. Love it. Really Whereas I've looking. got my I'm going to be doing business deals jumper on. Yeah, you do. I love your necklace as well. Thank you. That was a birthday present. I wear Beautiful. it every day from Robert. Um, Rob. How are you? We start off this every week with how are you? I'm and I always say I'm okay. Even if my world was shattering apart. I That's because you're British, babe. I am, Everything's yes. okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Just having a nervous yeah. breakdown. So uh, always having a nervous breakdown. How about you? Um, I'm fine. I've just spent fifty pounds, as I told you, on some duck mm. that I will not be eating. Um, I will be cooking it for my. How many duck mm. breasts is that? Well, it's a very posh butcher's. It's very. Uh, I think you'd be okay, like. Okay, you're that justifying is... this because it's like it's two duck breasts, isn't it? <laughs> it's not. It was four duck breasts and two chick- uh, two chicken legs, two duck legs, four breasts, two legs, fifty quid. Is this Harrods? No, it, I mean, it's along the same lines as it's called the ginger pig. Have you heard of that? Do you ever watch Nigella? I am obsessed oh, with her. Of if course I, I do, darling. So if I could, if I could have a lesbian relationship with anyone, it, Nigella would be up there because I want to walk hand in hand into the places that she goes to buy her fucking bread. Everything, even the shopping basket looks nice. I know, but can you imagine how much that costs every week? Yeah, well, that's insane. why I want to be in a relationship with her because she's going to pay for it. So. Oh, yeah, of course. I'll that be a kept woman. Slight problem. I don't think she's interested. 
but she's so ridiculous it. though I, I, like when she comes down at the end of the episode and she's like oh, oh i'm just going to treat myself to something naughty and like gets out a massive wedge of butter and then sprays some cream on it and just deep throats it it's like come on you dirty cow put it away <laughs> it's sorry, weird isn't it i never thought i'd be vegetarian but or oh, pescatarian sorry um yeah, stop being so a like, fake fake veggie oh no i am a fake veggie i, I apologize profusely <laughs> you should fucking apologize bit. what's this podcast about this episode what is, what is this episode about this week victoria <laughs> you know my favorite thing is about me being able to see you what? is that what? i get to witness when you <laughs> mess your words up and you're like <laughs> <laughs> Even though all you can see is my fucking teeth. I'm just, it's like watching some sort of abstract piece of art. (laughs) An interactive installation. (laughs) Um, So yes, today we're going to be talking about parenting. Parenting. Oh, we are experts. I feel like this needs to be uh, more than one episode. Have you got, I I don't even know where to begin because it's such a massive sort of um, topic to discuss. Yeah, there are multiple umbrellas to this horrifically long process. It's horrifically long. It's never going to end. <laughs> it's forever. Well, we can start with the fact that my son turned four. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy. It was quite an emotional one. Do you get Why? emotional on your kids' birthdays? Yeah. But I'm a cry. I cry everything. So I just find it. There's something sentimental about it, for yeah, sure. it's major. Yeah, and looking back at the birth and then when they were little and just kind of being like, oh, they're getting older. It's sort yeah. of, even though I damn the toddler years because they're so hard. They're vile. I'm hoping that we are sort of out of the worst part, really. But then I said that on my stories and about a million mums replied and all said, oh, no. <laughs> you're not out of it sweetheart it's like being four doesn't make any difference you're still gonna come yeah Yeah. that's it so that that's that's kind of our general consensus isn't it we're on the kids addicts page yeah and you know what i know that that's like quite heavily frowned upon within the mothering society that we dare we dare to say that our kids piss us off but you know what i i don't actually want to meet the mother that says i love my children they are perfect i don't want to meet that mom i don't i'm not interested i don't want to have that conversation because it is i'm so sick of that i am so fucking done with being part of that and i've definitely been within those circles of being like oh my my kids just they don't fight their best friends they just get on or you know i don't mind that i get woken up in the night because i get beautiful cuddles and i'm like fuck off she just I, stuck a finger up, by the way. I, I stuck my finger up. That is the downfall of me being on video, is I forget the fact <laughs> that this is not a visual thing. Podcast is actually, you it's know, just sound. it's like radio, Laura. Um, I got told off this morning because um, I did a post about Oliver's birthday and mm-hmm. referred to just all kids as wankers and balance and various other words. And someone replied and said, words are powerful. You should never call a child a dickhead or I don't, a I don't, I don't know. I know. It's not like I'm having a conversation with him and saying, I think you're a massive dickhead. I just yeah. wait until he's turned around and then mutter it under my breath and give him the bird. I, oh, the lighting has changed. Yeah, like, that, like you went even whiter. <laughs> Oh my god! Don't go into that position. Now you look like a Victorian misty photo. I do. I think that's one thing I we should really talk about is just the emphasis and the pressure 
on mums and dads, but I'm a mum, I'm not a dad, so I can only speak from my own personal experience. Just the pressure to be a certain parent. The pressure is immense to get it right. I don't think social media helps that at all. No, it doesn't. Um, because just most most of what I see with mothering, you know, parenting accounts or whatever, mum mum bloggers, mm. um, is just this image of perfection that yeah. is not my life. Mm. you know at all and it i mean i think it at first when i first had kids it did definitely affect me and i thought oh i'm failing here massively because i'm not doing those things and how are they getting it so right when i'm clearly not because i'm still sat here in my pajamas at 2 p.m yeah. um with a three-day-old unwashed minge um hating my kids because they won't shut up uh, but now I've, I've, I'm not like, I don't, it doesn't affect me anymore. I've really, I think I've just, because I've lived motherhood as well for four years. Um, I, I know that it's not like that. And, you know, obviously having our friendship, seeing you, knowing what you go through with your kids and then my other friends too, who are really honest about motherhood. It's yeah. not like that at all. I, I don't know. I personally don't have a relationship with another woman who, who views motherhood that way. No, no, I don't. And yet I do see people on social media who are struggling within their own personal lives, but put out such a perfected image across their social media. And it's sad because there's, I think, a level of pressure. Um, You don't want to admit to the fact that things aren't okay. And so it's easier to kind of put the happy smiling picture up rather than the one of them having a fucking massive tantrum in the middle of Asda. Do you know what I mean? No one's taking pictures at that point. Everybody's turning their nose up at you going, sort your fucking kid out. I do. (laughs) (laughs) That was my post today. (laughs) Was it? It was just a series of photos of Oliver having a tantrum. Just lay out on the floor. He does this move called the flop. He does that. He's done that consistently since he was about 15 months old. Still doing it. He did it on his fourth birthday as a little treat for me. Hadn't done it for ages. And then I thought, oh, great, we're over this now. And then no, on his fourth birthday, laid out in the living room floor. I was like, I don't want to brush my teeth. He's like, oh my God. I'm like, don't. Just let your teeth rot and fall out. I couldn't care less. Yeah, but then do you ever do the like the whole reverse psychology thing? Because I do. I go, okay, that's fine. Especially with dinner times for us, with Toby, it's massive on dinner times. I go, you get down from the table then. Inside, I'm going, you are such a cunt. And I'm like, just get down from the table, sweetheart. You go, you go away. It's okay. We're all going to eat our food. And he's like that. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, and I don't want you sat at the fucking table looking at me with mashed potato smeared down your chin. Now fuck off and get in a better mood because I, I, I'm done. In a better mood. I'm done. Yeah, I find it. I it's such hard work, isn't it? I found with um Relentless. just behaviour stuff anyway. When he's like that, I I do talk to him about his feeling we've talked about this loads haven't we so we reckon our kids are quite similar they're very emotionally highly strong but it's always talk about his feelings and it's like okay darling i can see that you're feeling angry you know and then and then trying to kind of turn it around like this morning we brushed his teeth so i became the uh toothbrush ninja and just said that he was going to be my apprentice and blah, blah, blah. And like made it into a game and that works, but just, you know what? Sometimes you just can't be asked and it's like, come on. It's just a simple thing. Just put your shoes, it's putting your shoes on, putting your coat on, brushing your teeth, getting dressed. Those are the things for us that are just every day, every day. It's a battle. 
Yeah, and I, like, there are days when I just wake up with a rat up my ass and I'm not in the fucking mood. Yeah. I don't, I don't give a flying fuck about how much you don't want to put your shoes on. Put your twatting shoes on and get out of the fucking door. I'm you not know, interested in having any more conversations with you over your fucking Clark shoes, which I spent a dick load of money on. Oh my God. Don't even... St- okay, yesterday, I mean, I'm actually... I feel a little bit sick to admit this, but um, I bought a, a Jules coat. Yeah. You heard of that brand? Jules, Yeah. Jules, yeah. For, I don't um, know why I said that in a Dutch accent. It also went really posh. And Jules, yes, of course it is. Oh, my clothes are um, I bought Oliver a waterproof coat because um, why do waterproof coats not exist? Like, actually oh, I know. Showerproof. Yeah, what the fuck is that? That is it's, no use I'll soak to you to the fucking bone. Yeah, and they still, even the showerproof ones still cost like 40 quid. Yeah. So I, I thought, no, I'm getting a proper waterproof one, 67 quid. Mm. on a child's coat i wouldn't i don't spend that on myself um <laughs> just it, all round parenting is very very difficult but we are often expected just across the board you're expected to just take to it like a duck to water and be like oh my god i love my baby i love this life it's not difficult I'm okay with the fact they wake up through the night. I'm okay with the fact that they're not hitting the milestones when they're meant to fucking be hitting them because the government said they should be hitting them at a certain fucking time. <laughs> you know, like all of that, the pressure that is expected on us in like the current day is so high. And then on top of that, we're expected to put the smiling, perfect, happy pictures up of our children to show what a wonderful fucking family dynamic we are. When in actual fact, it's bullshit. Who, who are we doing that for? Just one massive lie. Yeah. Did you always know that you wanted children? Oh my God. From the moment I came out of my mum's vagina. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I needed to be a mother. I've always, always wanted to be a mum. I just wasn't particularly great at it in the end of the day. (laughs) No, that's what I was going to say. I've been the same. I've always, I always wanted to be a mum. And in fact, I thought I'd have kids much younger than I did because I was was 34 when I had uh, Oliver. But yeah, I, I just didn't meet the right person um thank god i didn't have babies with any of the thank god you waited out for robert yeah thank god i waited out it was a good one it paid off um but i really i just always thought yeah that's kind of like not my purpose but it was a big part of i thought that i'd feel like oh yeah this has really made me you know people say that having a kid oh it's really made me but i don't i don't feel that at all it's it's brought a whole new side of myself out i think but i haven't i don't place all of my worth in my ch- in just having kids and my children no but i think that being a mother has made me who i am now like i had to go through so much mentally especially with toby to get to a point in my life where i'm like i don't give a flying fuck and i guess you know that was definitely like a a process for me so they have made me but not because of motherhood do you see what i'm trying to say it's like yeah. this really weird it's hard to explain yeah, because I don't, I'm not defined by the fact that I'm a mother. Like, no. I am still Laura. I That's still it. want to be known as who I am. And, and being a mum is, like, a totally separate part of my life. It's one of the most important parts of my life, but it's not yeah. like everything. That's it. You did. That's exactly it. You've explained it. That's what I wanted to say, but I just went, well, <laughs> So thanks for making me feel stupid. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's not, I'm not defined by motherhood. And and, no. and me too. It's like, it's such a massive part of my life and it's so important. And mm. I, I love my kids so much. Yeah. Like, the love is scary. 
yeah how, how much i love them terrifies me yeah um but how i have found if i am of them so protect and also how anxious i get about stupid shit like i I can have really morbid thoughts about terrible things that might happen. That are, yeah. uh, the likelihood of happening is, you know, so slim. But I find myself worrying about that shit, like lying awake at night and be like, oh my God, what if when he lives older, she meets a really shit boyfriend or a girlfriend and then they're horrible to her. What am I going to do? Like, just stuff like that. Yeah. Like, Why am I worrying about this? Oh, uh, mate, like, I, you know I, I, mean? can, I can play out. I can cry myself to sleep with the scenarios that I put in my head where like I have had awful, awful images in my head of like finding Elliot and basically he's had the shit kicked out of him and I'm having to like pick him up and he's unconscious and like I'm literally crying my eyes out and Steve has sometimes caught me and he's like why are you crying I'm like I can't even <laughs> fucking tell you because you think I'm a psycho <sighs> I, I find that that is really hard to manage that yeah I love him stuff so much right. it's because you do be okay you love them so much They're, and they are more than even a relationship or with any I mean I, Rob's the man that I've loved the most in my whole yeah. life like, yeah and but with the kids it's different and it i don't think he has that i don't think rob has that no i mean i i find it quite difficult sometimes with steve because i'm like i don't know that you have the same level of protection like steve says you you go fucking like psycho bitch when it comes to the kids being hurt or anything like that i'm so fiercely protective of them i'm like a lioness i fucking growl if i have to (laughs) but Steve doesn't appear to have that in him and is it because of my strong character that I'm like that or is it just because he didn't birth them he didn't go through what I went through to 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 have them yeah I don't I I honestly don't know I think maybe then you carrying them I don't know because you think of adoption and you think about like that process and like you know how how bonding that experience is and I know people who have adopted that are like I would die for this child they didn't carry them yeah, I but think it, it must just be that it is the maternal instinct process. Yeah, or I don't know. It's, re- it's you can only speak from your own experience, can't you? So yeah. we're only kind of going off us and then what our part, how our partners are. But um, I asked Rob um, when you when we had the kids, do you feel like it made you or it you know massively changed? He was like, no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I guess I would say the same it's not it's not made me it's just it's just changed me it's changed me for the better I am a better person because I'm a mum I, I agree with you too that it's it's made me care so much less about what other people think about me yeah that I've let go oh my of God. massively but then I know of people who care more about what other people think of them now that they're parents because it's that you know although social media has such a massive impact and a massive huge responsibility around the way that we see ourselves and the expectations we have of others previously it was keeping up with the joneses and you know that that saying's there for a good reason it was trying to keep up with whatever that that person was that was in your life whether it be a friend or a work colleague or whatever of like trying to make sure that you were up to their standard and it's the same fucking thing it's just done in a much more visual way now Comparison is the thief of joy. Oh my god! I love that, that saying. I don't, I've seen. That? I don't know. It's like an old saying. I love it though. I think it's so I true. That. Comparison, Comparison is the thief of joy. You oh. bastard! Give it back. 
<laughs> I cannot wait <laughs> to use that in conversation and sound really yeah. intellectual. Um, no, it really is. And it's hard not to do it. But, you know, the other thing is too, there's no, there's no point. There's no, there's no benefit to doing it. No. Um, and actually every single family, every mum, whatever, all, everyone's circumstances are completely different. So, And everyone goes through life and struggle. It. Yeah. Like, it, you can't, but it's really, really difficult to see that. So, and I think the reason why I'm like much more um reflective now of like the celebrity culture of like hollywood and and all of that side of it is that for such a long time such a massive part of my adult life i've looked up to those kinds of people and just thought they're so lucky like they've got it made like do you know what i mean they've got all the money they've got people that adore them they've got everything they could possibly ever want and now i i'm so much more reflective of going fucking hell you know, no wonder so many of them are struggling so badly with their mental health. And yeah. it doesn't matter how much money you've got. If you're trying to balance life with a mind that is really heavy, then you're not going to have a positive outlook on what you've got. And, you know, it must be awful trying to parent in that situation and then the expectations. And then even if you ever so slightly lose your shit at one of your kids in public, it's all caught on camera. Yeah. But as a, as a society, we still look to, to these people like fucking shining beacons of hope. Like, oh my God, if only I was that person, my life would be made. Why? Because they've got fucking money. That doesn't mm. make them a good parent. It doesn't mean their kids are going to grow up to not be arseholes. So, you know, it, it, you, you can't assume that just because money or, or fame or, uh, you know, someone loving you will make it better. It doesn't. Everybody's struggling in life, you know? Yeah. So that's quite a nice little link into some of the research that I've done around parenting. And I didn't even know that either. I know. So do you, let me ask you a question first. So do you think that you're a good parent? This is a good one because it's a battle. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. It's a real inner battle to say yes because I always feel like I could be doing better. Yeah. And do you think, okay, so you, and, and that you're not letting other people's opinions of your parenting come into that at all? No, no, no. This is just how, how reflective I am of like situations. Oh, I should have done that better. I could have done this. And that's not because of someone else's opinion. That's of me being like just looking aware. at, yeah. And being like, how can I be better at, mm. you know, working at this situation? How can I get Toby to be less of a cunt at the dinner table? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that proves that you are a good parent because you're yeah. willing to have a yeah. look at it and say, all right, I've maybe I've done something wrong there yeah. and I could improve it this way or whatever. I think if you just are totally blinkered and you have like, this is how I'm going to parent and this is the only way I'm going to parent and the kids are going to conform to this. It's yeah. never going to work. It's just going to end no. up with lots of conflict. Um, so I ask, I ask you that question, uh, because there's this big study that was done. It's in America. Yeah. It was a national parent survey overview. And they kind of asked lots of questions about how they felt becoming parents is it's men and women. Okay. So this is, this is the results from their attitudes, aspirations and parenting challenges. Okay. Um, so how many parents do you think would agree, um, with the statement? I feel as if I'm a really good parent. So this is how many people would say they think they're a good parent? Yeah. I think it's quite low. I think maybe 40%. No, it's 80%. Think they're a good parent? Yeah. That's what, really high. Twat. <laughs> 
I'm part of the 20% scenario. Shit, man. Wow. Oh, but then at the same time, 87% of parents across the board say they work hard to be an even better parent. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess that's where I sit. I, I yeah. am. I know I'm not a shit parent. I'm not, you know, like feeding my kids crack cocaine and letting them sleep out in the back garden. So there are levels to shit parenting, isn't there? And I'm not hitting that shitness, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but there is, but I know, I guess it's, you're constantly having to work out, you know, how to be All better. the time. I feel like it's just like an ongoing Where would you say you sit in journey. that? Would you say that you're a yes or a no? Or do you kind of feel the same as me? Um, I think that, I think that I am a good parent. Yeah. Um, but I always, and I think this, about everything i always think there's room for improvement always yeah, totally um because not in your personal parenting style i'm not saying that like yeah, yeah no but just <laughs> i've seen you mate you need to <laughs> fucking embrace yeah you you definitely need to work on that kid because <laughs> any child that tantrums that much <laughs> <laughs> um i always feel like I, I with everything will kind of tick along quite nicely for a little bit yeah. And then something will come up, a new thing will come up. It's like, okay, right, this is a barrier now. How are we going to sort of navigate yeah. this one? And then I, lo- I love research, don't I? So I've read yeah. a lot of parenting books and I read a lot of articles online about parenting and I like the more kind of, I suppose, like psychology-based stuff. Yeah. Um, well, there's a really good book that I read and it completely changed how I dealt with Oliver and it's made such a big difference to his behaviour. Name it. Name it's it now. called... Um, how to speak to small children so they will listen it's very wordy but wow. it's, the author's got two two books I'm so there's one for <laughs> maybe That's i should title. how to speak to laura so she does not lose interest um <laughs> uh, uh yeah so she's got one for older kids it's like seven plus and then there's one for kids from two to seven. So that's the one that I've, I've read. I, I just find it, it's helped so much. It's got like little cartoon scenarios that you can Oh, there's read. pictures. Hang there's on. There's pictures. Oh, yeah. I might get it. Yeah. So it's not like really heavily, you know, yeah. whatever, dense um, text. It's, it's a lot of stuff that you can just see. And you'll relate to all of the scenarios and you'll see, oh, fucking hell, that's exactly how I speak to him. Yeah. And then you try it the, her way and it's a completely different result. Wow. Like, okay. No conflict. And, and we both try to do that, me and Rob. Um, we try to be on the same page. But I think rob's probably he tends to go into them more like telling them what to do yeah and i don't do that i don't really i'll give them instructions if they need to do something but i don't tell them what to do as if like i'm i'm the authority and sometimes i hear i'm like you're you sound like such a twat like it, oliver has no respect for being spoken to like that and i suppose you've got to think that if if you, someone spoke to you as an adult like that what would you do yeah. wouldn't well, you feel really annoyed and angry and like fuck you how dare you so you basically when really the kids get in from school and i say can you take your shoes off and can you go wash your hands and i'll go get you a snack is that me dictating to them and eventually ultimately they're going to end up serial killers because i've asked them to take their shoes off and wash their hands is that what you're trying to say like because am i getting my parenting style wrong due to the fact that my children will fucking nutsack each other in the hallway for 10 minutes before they even contemplate taking their shoes off and i go take your fucking shoes off now like is that is that the wrong approach yeah, it's, I... it's not in the book i found with both the boys when they're emotionally distressed and they're really obnoxious and they're being pricks i just hug them and it's so, through big huggers, aren't we? teeth yeah, I do it at times. I, works. Think, I really wish 
you weren't being a twat, but you are being a twat. So we'll hug it out and then I'll tell you I love you. And, and the thing is with Steve, he'll be like, I'm 100% on board with your thoughts and feelings. And I am so in tune with it. Like, I just know exactly what you mean, Laura. I know. Oh, who wouldn't parent that way? And it's like, <laughs> you only think that because I've said that to you. Because 10 minutes ago, you were telling them off for, you know. Something ridiculous. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Came this downstairs. is my favorite one. That's life. All right. That's just life. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's three years old. <laughs> He doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to him. He idiot. doesn't give a flying fuck about life right now. He, gives he a doesn't fuck even about know what life is. Okay. He has yeah. no concept of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I think they are very similar and I love them because Steve is very patient. He's very kind. He is an amazing dad. Yeah. So he, he is the guy. This is how I'm going to describe Steve's parenting style. He is the guy that shows up at a, at a party in fancy dress and it wasn't fancy dress. <laughs> like, that's the only way I can describe the way he parents because he's always reading the situation completely wrong. Oh, plus, we, we do, um, Robbie's known as um, Mr. Tumble uh, amongst our like, <laughs> because he will entertain, the, if there's a group of kids together, he's the entertainer and they love him. But for me, I'm like, my sexual attraction to you. <laughs> It's just gone. What do you think about um, being asked to play toys, games with your kids? I don't like it. I hate it. Me neither. I'm so... Steve loves it. I've got no time for it. No. Yeah. I I will... Well, you know I love an accent, so... Yeah. I tend to... Oliver started to do an Irish accent now. Irish. uh, Yeah, Irish. He does a little Irish accent. It's hilarious. Oh my God, I love that. He sounds like such a cockney as well. If you ask him where he's from, he goes, I'm from London! (laughs) (laughs) So sweet. (laughs) He's still a dick. Um, <laughs> oh, so let me give you some more stats from this because I, I was just like, seriously? All right, 91% of um, p- parents say that parenting is their greatest joy. Oh, fuck off. They, they clearly have never had a fantastically cooked chocolate brownie before, have they? <laughs> With ice cream. Because if they had, they would not be saying that that was their ultimate joy, was parenting. Parenting it's is great. It's great I, and I love it, but it's fucking hard work. Um, oh, this is the one, yeah. Not, 70% say they feel their life started when they became a parent. No, my, my life started a long time ago. In fact, I feel like my life ended when I had children. You know what? There are so many aspects of my life where it did start the moment I had my children because I found a new level of love that I'd never had before, a new level of protection that I'd never felt like, all of those, uh, all the other shit that goes into mothering, and I will never not know that love. So that is a, the beginning of a new part of your life. But before I had kids, I could go to the cinema whenever I wanted to. I could go to a fucking restaurant and not talk about shitty nappies. I could go on yep. holiday. I could, you know, spontaneously like spontaneously go yeah. out for a drink. Remember have, those yeah. days? Yeah. It's going out for meals. That that's uh, we we do it and we do it loads. Um, but you just feel like you've got a limited amount of time of their oh, yeah, massively attention span, essentially. Yeah. So it's like you're like, get there before you've even walked in, you're like, menu, menu, give me the menu, yeah. quick, yeah, I'll have this, 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 and this. And then you just scoff it's it. It's like down. a ticking time bomb. You can feel it, can't you? It's yeah. like the grains of sand just draining from your face and as and you it's can draining. See it. The, the terror that appears of, oh my God, please don't kick off. Please don't kick off. Don't be the <laughs> shitter and spitter of the, the fucking restaurant. Yeah. Um, and that's when their eye, they get the little wild eyes and you're like, yeah, we've got about 30 God. seconds before this all yeah. goes tips up. Yeah. Um, and then 73% of parents said that parenting is their... Hey y'all, it's your girl Kiki Palmer. I'm proud to introduce to you my new podcast, Baby. 
This is Kiki Palmer, exclusively on Amazon Music. I'm putting my friends, family, and some of the hottest experts in the hot seat to ask them the questions that have been burning on my mind. What will former child stars be if they weren't actors? Is OnlyFans only bad? I want to know, so I asked my mama about it. These are the questions that keep me up at night, and I'm letting y'all all in on it. Come kick it with me and my weekly guests as we go down the rabbit hole and dive deep into my mind together. Listen to Baby This Is Kiki Palmer exclusively on Amazon Music. A biggest challenge, which I would agree with that. So that just Maybe goes to lying. show that they're fucking lying. I guess things can be unpleasant and also joyful. I don't yeah, know, what, I'm talking that, bullshit. No, but it is though, isn't it? It is It is joyful because there are moments of Yeah, their innocence is just, that's lovely. And yeah. how they view the world, I like being a part of that. It's amazing yeah. to see the world through their eyes and the laughter and stuff. Is, yeah, yeah, and the innocence of it. And like even things like Christmas and birthdays oh, and just lovely. that pure joy that they yeah. have. Like I I breathe it in, like I live through them in their, their, their innocence, like you say. Yeah. Well, that was... Some interesting facts. Was it not? Well, yeah, Victoria. I thought so. I mean, I found them, so I thought they were fascinating. <laughs> you haven't believed a single one of them. But there you go. You can't lie with science. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's move I, on. Yeah, yeah, they were very... In- they were still interesting. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, that leads nicely onto our guest. Yeah. We have got the lovely Isma Elmas. Uh, we've had a little chat with her, chatting to her about parenting. Um, and here it is. <laughs> And hello, Isma. Hello. Hello, welcome to No Horse Pod. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on here as well. It's awesome that you're that you're joining us. Uh, thanks for asking. So Sorry, we mate. thought that we'd kick off uh, today as we're talking about parenting. We're doing a little word association game. Um, so we're going to hit you with some words related to parenting and we just want to see and hear what what those things mean to you and more excitingly we've actually prepared it now like previously yeah. we did we just made up it. words we made it up on the spot we yeah. are professionals Vic, would or something you like to give your first word yes okay birth shit <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah although i'm I'm probably one of the only people that i know that doesn't agree i think birth is wonderful do you really yeah sorry um but it's fine i'm in the tiny minority i'm in the projectile vomiting shouting loudly like a mooing cow variety when i gave birth i honestly when i first gave birth i had this image throughout my pregnancy that i was just going to give this delicate (laughs) delicate cop and this beautiful baby would fly down in a john lewis baby grow <laughs> Nobody told me, and I didn't even know that you pushed so hard. You literally shit yourself. Yeah, yeah. I know. And the baby yeah. comes out covered in what looks like last night's curry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine was last night's curry because that's what I ate the night before. <laughs> you see. <laughs> uh, so uh, on that happy note, uh, next word is mum friends. None. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, but it's a minefield though isn't it actually trying to find a mum friend that gets you oh my god it is really hard it is really hard and you um you want to kind of like be yourself but you can't because you don't kind of know what their values are so you might be like ah, I don't 
don't want to be one of those fucking mums that kind of feed their kid carrot sticks and hummus. And then they just have a bag of carrot sticks and hummus. <laughs> it's so hard. And the other thing is, especially when they're really little, like when you're on maternity leave, you have no fucking choice. You've got yeah. to hang around with these women. Well, you don't. You can just be on your own, which yeah. is what I chose to do the second time around. But the first time around, it was like I forced myself to go to these play groups and whatever, and I hated every second of it. I didn't yeah. meet anyone. With, with us, because um, I've got two birth kids who are older, and then my little boy is seven. And um, we adopted him. So he came to us when he was two years and three months. So when I tried to join baby groups, all these friendships were already kind of established. These people, yeah. mums had been like mates since, you know, the NCT group and yeah. you know, during pregnancy and the door shed. So then when, when we kind of walked in, rocked up to all these toddler groups, it was like, I'm here we are. It's already established. We, we have no room for you here. <laughs> you know, so it was like, right. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yes, I found I found that really, and it is like being back at school, isn't it? The clean. Mm, yeah, I, it is. It's like uh, it's just like going back to school, isn't it? And it's weird it's because then, rather than I feel like a lot of time. Well, I felt like this when I was in my twenties. I felt like other women would be competitive with me for just you know being a woman, but then the yeah. emphasis of that then transfers from you to the kids yeah and it's like definitely. what's what's your kid oh my kid's rolling over by this amount of time and my kids do this and my kids just written this first novel and he's only one and a half like shit like that it's like yeah. what well I try not to get too caught up in those milestone things but it's hard not to when it's just getting shoved down your throat all the time that you're really inadequate and your kid is thick as shit yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which I wouldn't disagree with but I've had so many moments like that as well you know like my my eldest is not He's, he's a boy, but he's not interested in sport and it's just not his thing. And there have been times when, you know, you're at the, the sports day and there are those parents like, oh, thank God it's not my, this actually happened to me last year. Thank God it wasn't my child that came last. He is so far behind. And I was, I was within hearing distance and I went, that's because it's my son. Oh, I'm happy that he came last, you can't. But obviously nobody says can't have sports day, do they? So that's why nobody talks to me in the playground. <laughs> but like you know, Isma, you know, like I would go to groups and I didn't do the, the toddler groups until he was a little bit older and I would go to them and be like, hello. Because although I am incredibly awkward and anxious as a person, I'm like the over talker. And I, I had people avoid me like the plague. They'd be like, oh my God, there's that woman with her weird child again that can't <laughs> run very well. Um, so I, I didn't have like the most nourishing experiences of, of toddler groups either and, and mum friends back then. Yeah. Do, have you managed to meet any other mums along your mothering journey? Since um, um, our little boy started school, kind of since then, really, we've kind of found our little tribe of um, like-minded mums, which, which is That's been so um, refreshing. Yeah, when you do find them, you realise how invaluable they are. And then when you have those bad days and you just need that person to kind of put their hand on your shoulder and go, it's all right, you know what, love, we're all in it. Yeah. And that we're all struggling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which kind of like leads quite nicely into our questions, does it not, Vic? It does indeed. Oh, like a glove. <laughs> um, so with your older two children, yeah. because you were quite young when you had your first child, weren't you? Yes, I think I was about 22. So what was what was that like, you know, like becoming a mum at, at 22? To me, it seems quite young, which I know, you know, there's loads yeah. of people having kids at 22. I think I was so naive, i.e. not 
having a clue about actual childbirth. Um, yeah. Also, I, I kind of hadn't considered the things that I consider now as a parent. Like, you know, um, at, at 22, I was just like, oh, I just want a baby and a pram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You don't think beyond that. Yeah, no. That's all you think. I haven't considered anything beyond that, you know, uh, i.e. the stability of my relationship, you know, finances, um, where we were living, you know, any practicalities or anything, um, you know, and also kind of uh, the state of the world, what sort of a parent I was going to be, what my values were, what I really wanted to teach them. Um, I hadn't considered any of that. So whereas now I'm very much about kind of thinking about the bigger picture and, you know, my hopes and aspirations for our little boy and what values I really want to instill in him. Um, you know, what's important, what's not important, what I can let go. I haven't considered any of that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I had really. And I was like 10, well, 13 years older than you were when you had your first. I think I still was like, you know, just had this beautiful vision of oh I'll have this amazing baby and it'll be so beautiful it'll be so cute bah, bah, bah. and I always yeah. wanted to be a mum did you always want to be a mum yeah I, I was bro- broody since about three yeah yeah same <laughs> same I've breastfeeding all my dolls yeah. <laughs> yeah and ironically didn't breastfeed my own children so you know <laughs> work that one out <laughs> um, so you had your two children and then you had a big gap didn't you Yes, um, yes. before you adopted your son so what was what was that like having that huge gap between not having to look after little kids because it's those early years that I think feel the most relentless because they have no independence they can't yeah, do anything yeah. for themselves and all that and then once you get over that you went back to it yeah we did and I think um it it's quite hard to separate because when you adopt there are so many factors that come into it. eight you go from um uh, again, I'd gone kind of from kind of my kids almost being adults to then kind of going back to the younger years again. So yeah. there was that. But then on top of that, when you have a baby, a biological baby, you kind of have that period of grace where in the first few weeks and months, they don't actually need that much from you. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's you true. You need to feed them, um, kind of change their nappies, keep them clean, you know, and hug them. And that's it. And you've got this period of grace where you kind of both evolve together. But with adoption, um, my little boy came to us when he was two years and three months. With adoption, you get a fully formed person with opinions, with a history, with a background, with a personality, with, you know, and you're kind of both thrown together um, and trying to kind of establish this new relationship and this new way of life together it, that is immense that is hard that is yeah. really hard. I found that tough how long did would you say that that sort of settling in period like how long did it take that sort of from getting him to them being like ah, oh, okay I know what I'm doing now or have you not figured out what you're doing yet like because <laughs> I haven't figured out what I'm doing yet <laughs> no I would say I would say a good two to three years wow really yeah, yeah. Because, you know, as you, when, when you've had a baby, as your baby kind of starts to kind of sit and roll and toddle and move and, and kind of say their first words and you see their personality emerging, don't you? You kind of yeah. say, ah, this is, and you get to know them. So you're almost going through that process again, but with an older child. So you're kind of still getting to know them, their personality. And also you have more context as, as time goes on as to why they're doing certain things. So you're like, ah, yeah. Oh, he said this because we went there and he's experienced this. Whereas when he first came, 
things would happen and we would have no context of, yeah. you know. That must be so difficult. Experiences have been to kind of be able to kind of say, ah, okay, this is happening because of this. Or, you know, you can guess, um, but you don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that was really hard. So all round, it's just another level of winging it. Oh my God, it completely <laughs> is. Winging it, stress. Um, and just, you know how, as well, when you have a child, your relationship with your partner changes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Big time. It does, doesn't it? But it's, with adoption, I think it, it changes tenfold because you're all thrown into this situation. And it is like, the only thing I can, it's like an arranged marriage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is because you don't actually you've made this lifelong commitment to somebody but you still need to kind of get to know them but you're already you know committed committed to yeah change that for the world um but yeah that that is it, it is just a very very surreal situation that yesterday you know it was just you and your partner and today you're now the parents of a toddler yeah that is really <laughs> weird and, and also, you know, like previously, like when you, when you have a baby, you can kind of like see little things emerging from your partner that you think, oh, that's maybe not so helpful. That's, you know, oh, do you know, if, 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 when, I, when I maybe do this, could you possibly do that? Oh, it'd really help me. None of that. Yeah. Like you go from zero to a hundred. So like on day two, you're like, can you fucking not do that again? <laughs> I mean, you say that, that's what I'm like with my husband. All the time, with both of mine. But do you know what I was thinking when you said that? Because like you're, so whereas when, you know, like if one of you has gone through the pregnancy and you've, because I use that as leverage. (laughs) I'm like, mate, I've got nine months of carrying that little bastard ahead of you. Nine months, 24 hours a day for nine months. And then all of the breastfeeding, all that stuff, there's none of that. No. So you can't be like, oh, well, you're going to do it because actually, mate, I put in <laughs> yeah. so much time <laughs> over time in the beginning. Yeah. But then you've got like the flip side of that because you've also been through the teen years and like, what would you say was harder? Would you say it was the teen years or the toddler bit? Uh, the toddler bit, for sure. Okay, because that's a relief. Thank God. God. The teen years are, in comparison, so easy because you've got these young people, okay, that they're heading towards adulthood. You can basically just tell them the rules and set them free. So for my, my two older ones who are, who are adults now, you know, they're girls. So when they kind of got to teenage years, you know, 14, 15, I just basically, you just tell them that I had three rules that I told them. That was stay away from drugs, yeah. um, stay away from cock, yeah, good advice. And, good, yeah. fantastic advice. Yeah, and wipe front to back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all that three things all that my mother you. never told me. <laughs> that is all you need to know, and off you go. Job done. <laughs> I love how it was like no drugs, no cock, and don't forget wipe front to back. <laughs> Those are the three rules that I'm going to live by for the rest of my life. <laughs> what were you like? Were you are you quite like authoritative parent, or are you much more relaxed and gentle? Um. You know, I thought I was um, very relaxed and gentle, and then lockdown happened. And um, <laughs> I, so I am Asian, and honestly, it suddenly felt like I had been waiting for this opportunity my whole fucking life. <laughs> right? <laughs> Homeschool happened, and this tiger just fucking emerged out of nowhere. <laughs> I, t- I kid you not, my kid is seven years old, six months at home with me, and he's now ready to sit his A-levels. <laughs> I love it. I was the opposite. I was like, nah, yeah, don't worry so about it. I, I, whereas I was like, okay, here is a slice of bread. Here is a knife. There's some butter. 
butter it yourself. Lesson done for today. Well done, everyone. Well done. Well done. These are so. pants. You put them on your willy. That's it. It got to the point where my get, I was like saying, he was getting like, he hated it. He absolutely hated it. And I was saying to him, what is the problem? You do work at school as well. This is just work at home. And he was saying, but mum, at school, they give me a break. <laughs> Yeah, tell us what your schedule was then. I'm really intrigued yeah, to hear it. So am I. Have you got it written up or something? Got it here on the wall. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Oh wow! It was um, Carol's Maths Factor. That was Carol Vorderman's Maths Factor. So he did a few of them a day: reading, maths book, handwriting, comprehension, and then history. <laughs> My God, that sounds like the <laughs> shittest curriculum ever. <laughs> no, there's there's no relief from this. No PE. No, no bang, 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 bang. Yeah. That is no thing. cock, no drugs, no fun. <laughs> <laughs> White front and back, even if you've got a willy. <laughs> well, you know what? When your child goes on to do incredible things and mine is still unable to wipe his own ass, we'll know why. Because <laughs> <laughs> lockdown did not serve him well. <laughs> but your three your three rules what would you say to any parent who is just about to or even Vic and I because we've not gone through it yet with regards to teenagers what would be a, a, a maybe one or more piece of advice for anyone about to go through or is going through teen years um I would say try not to kind of um control your kids don't try and control your kids. Don't try and put your will on them. They're yeah. their own people. Kind of let them be who they are. And um, you're just there as a guide. You're just yeah. there. And the relationship changes so much as the kids get to teenage um, years. And, and, and I think it's really important to kind of acknowledge that you, you, you're their parent. Obviously, you're there as a parent. But don't, for me anyway, I'm not my kid's friend. You know, yeah. I'm not, you know, they're not my friend. I'm not their friend. I'm their parent. I'm there to kind of guide them, to put the boundaries down and help them um, make sure that they put boundaries around them as well for, you know, to protect themselves from kind of other people and situations. And so, yeah, so I'm very, um, yeah, I'm quite relaxed as a parent, but, you know, uh, quite clear. I mean, they do stuff that I might not necessarily agree with, but um, fucking still let them know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I kind of I feel like that's what I sort of apply to my kids too because I find that if I ever try and enforce anything and like make it's not the little one she's too little but Oliver if you try and make him do something forget it it's just yeah. gonna end in a full-blown ta- it's not worth it whereas yeah. if you talk to him and you know sort of almost like not even negotiate I don't know just talk about it and explain why and then yeah. you say but you can do it or you can't and this is yeah. the consequences if you don't and if you do then this that blah 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 then it yeah. works and it just makes yeah. life a lot easier yeah I mean we've uh, my youngest he's just started school so we've got like the emotional roller coaster of I'm really tired, which doesn't happen until the moment he steps through the front door and then he splays himself out on the hallway crying. And I, because I've said, please, can you remove your shoes? Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> but you are, I think you're right. It is just about going, look, this is it. This is, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. There has to be like a, a, a reason for whatever it is they need to do or you yeah. know wiping front to back which <laughs> can't get or you get a lifetime of cystitis if you don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing that uh, I wanted to ask was do you 
have any funny stories about being a mum, like where your kids have humiliated you? Or, or they've done something they've, they've that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, one that I can remember for sure that sticks out in my mind is um, my youngest, my, my daughter, youngest daughter. Um, she was kind of playing with some Play-Doh. And I was like, I can smell, you know, you know, there's this like really shit smell. And I was like... <laughs> Suddenly, some shit and brought it into the house. I can smell, I can smell shit. And um, I was kind of checking a nappy, checking, um, you know, everyone's shoes. Where the fuck is this smell coming from? And it turned out it wasn't play doh that she had. It was shit. Who's what? Who's shit? I mean, I beg the question. Whose was it? It was hers. Was <laughs> it? Hoping it was hers. <laughs> So, um, so there was that, um, and the time, this is kind of my youngest, um, we'd just kind of had her, um, we'd had her in the August, well, I'd had her in the August, and um, my eldest at that point was uh, five, so um, it was kind of towards the end of August and we went to get her some shoes, um, kind of got for going back to school, so we got to the shoe shop, um, and we'd driven there, got to the shoe shop, and um, she was trying on her shoes, and... Um, realized we'd actually forgotten we'd had another kid <laughs> No, <laughs> in the car both of us that is sleep deprivation yeah we forgot we had another kid just took her out of the car <laughs> we all i mean I, I i do like you know um deliberate forgetting that i have two children yeah. <laughs> i pretend like i don't have any children when they wake up in the middle of the night and i lay there deadly still with my eyes shut waiting for steve to hear them to get yeah. out of bed <laughs> I, I'm there. I'm not their mum. I know they're calling for me, but I'm not their mum. You know what I've done, um, and it's a little parenting tip um, that I'm happy to share with you. So what I've done is our little boy. I've taught him to always call my partner's name in the night. Oh, <laughs> I've told him you really need to do that. That's so now if, if he shouts in the night or needs anything, he shouts "Mama" because I'm mummy and my partner's mama. Mama, and then I just say to him, "Wants you." <laughs> you oh, must go. You must go. I love that. That's genius. So, I'm yeah. using that. So and that just works for us. And she's like, "All right then." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I what my, my son started doing? And for some reason, it just really tickles me. He stopped calling his dad, dad, and he calls him Rob. So he calls me mummy, he calls him. So it's like it's his stepdad or something. And he'll be like, Rob, Rob. Like he uses the tone that I use all the time. And I'm just like, Rob, can you not do that? And none of us now like, Rob, can you get me a drink? <laughs> absolutely hilarious. That is amazing. That was the other thing I wanted to ask you, Isma, because you've got, a, you've got girls and boys, well, girls and boy. Yeah. Would you say that there is a complete difference in in the kids, like the the boy girl kind of relationship with parents, or just like basically being a mum of, of of one of each? Yeah, I do. I do you know what what I have noticed? And I don't know if that's just down to personality or what, but my son is far more um, like emotionally intelligent than his sisters were at, at his age and I don't know if that's because I've kind of talked more to him about emotions or yeah. you know um how we feel but he's he's just far more in tune with his emotional side and like even nursery that they'd be like oh um you know we had we had a kid at three and another kid crying and he immediately went and sat next to him and said what are you feeling oh yeah I've, I've got one of each and I can't say <laughs> all of us like that 
we took him to his two-year check and they were like everything okay looked over at him and he was licking the back of a chair <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> he's never done that before <laughs> well i think that brings us to the end of our little chat uh thank you so much for coming on ismo it's been amazing it's been it so been lovely amazing to get your view on parenthood it's good to know that you also think your kids dickheads too so (laughs) and the some of the you know enlightening rules in which i will be completely instantly adjusting my life to straight away you could bring out a parenting book with just those three rules those three rules yeah three chapters really big fun (laughs) really big fun yeah (laughs) thank you so much for having me and remember wipe front to back lovely little catch-up um that was lush i don't know about you vic but i absolutely love chatting with her she was such a babe she was so warm and yeah. lovely and funny very, and very honest funny. Um, and, and honest. we didn't we didn't ask her if she had anything to plug i realized that afterwards but definitely oh. go and follow her on yeah. instagram um isma elmas is her handle and then just check her website to see when she's got any upcoming gigs um yeah because she was doing a gig like literally the the night before she's back uh, gigging um well i thought as well what would be quite nice now is if we uh shared some stories from our followers yeah so we asked you guys to send in uh your embarrassing parenting anecdotes and we've had some corkers i mean i've had an absolute influx of these have you uh yeah okay so vic i've got this story are you ready yeah go for it okay we're sent in to us anonymously just a reminder everyone don't know about you vic but i get a lot of messages going please don't tell anyone we don't yeah. plan to we will not reveal the details of the person so anyway uh my eldest daughter who is now 10 when she was six she went to my mum's for the day she <laughs> She went out the front with a group of children and played on the green grass outside my mum's gate. I was outside watching when I heard a loud laughter erupting from all the children. I walked over to see what they were huddled around. When I approached, I could hear this vibration coming from the wall. I walked... Walked up to them to find my daughter had gone through my adult drawer in my bedroom before we'd left. She took out my vibrating bullet out of the drawer and put it in her bag and to my uh, and to my mum's. She had put my Dulux bullet on the wall and they were watching it bounce across. I was mortified to say the least and my daughter said, I want one of these massage things because they're so much fun to watch racing around the wall. I was mortified. My husband found it hilarious. Me, on the other hand, I was embarrassed to even look over at the group of children and had to apologise to all the parents. <laughs> we spoke about this one before, didn't we? Kids finding the sex toys. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty common, but that is a good toy. That would be <laughs> that fun is, to watch. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> I just wish I had been one of the parents where she would have had to come up to me and gone, I'm really sorry. My daughter was playing with the dildo on the green. <laughs> that, that's the, I think that's the exact scenario where that judgmental parenting bullshit would yeah. totally come into play. Because if a mum did that, if that happened to a mum friend, I would love her for life. And I'd be yeah. like, I'd be like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> kind of bullet is it is it any good <laughs> would you recommend which we it? should uh, we should we not actually just mention right now about the amazing feedback we've had from our, our masturbation podcast episode yeah absolutely we've had so many messages from you slags saying yeah. that having listened to it you've gone off and bought 
sex toys, whether yeah. they've been for the first time, split stims or uh, vibrators for the first time ever, and you're having the most amazing orgasms, which is kind of weird that me and Laura are giving strange women, not strange women, just women that are strangers orgasms all yeah. across the country i wouldn't even care if they were thinking of us at moment of climax i'm just no. so fucking shocked i hope you are we've liberated them to think yeah let's give it a go <laughs> do it we are changing that whatever percentage it was of people that have never had a sex toy for the it's positive got, it just went down just went down a little bit bitches um yep. it's fantastic so um, yeah the 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 clit stim slags are us Oh, changing! We should we should start changing the world. A sex company called Yeah, Clit Stim Sex is perfect. R us, Yeah, I I think I love that story. I would have loved to have have met that mum and shook her hand and just said, imagine it's okay, the horror. Yeah, you tear the vibrating a mile off and be like, ah, oh, fucking shit! There's a load of strange kids playing with something that's been in my vagina. <laughs> Not just on the clit. It's fine. It's just external. It's just yeah. It's nowhere near as bad as that. <laughs> But did she put it on a Christmas list for Santa? (laughs) The vibration thing that Claudia had on the green outside her Nana's house. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I've got another little funny story for you. Um, So me and my husband were in Wix buying some paints. We had our youngest with us and we went to have a nosy at the bathroom section. He went running off. I was clearly paying no attention when all of a sudden I heard the dulcet tones echoing around a very empty, quiet wix. <laughs> Mummy, I need a poo. I was like, shit, where is he? Only to find him sat on a display toilet having done a massive shit. And then the, he had the audacity to shout, finish, can you wipe my bum? <laughs> oh, God. What I want to know from anyone that works in a DIY store, how frequently does that happen? A lot. I bet there's it lots must of happen turns. a lot. And, and I bet there's so many parents that don't say anything, quickly yeah. grab their child and run. Close the lid. <laughs> run. And then people run. walk past like, what's that? What? Wow, they've made this whole bathroom area really immersive. Authentic, yeah. She like, like I can shit. smell the shit. I asked her, because I thought that's brilliant. I asked her, what did you do? And she said that she had to, luckily she had baby wipes and she had to scoop the turd out and then just carry it out the front and find the bit. <laughs> like that. Coming through, coming through, coming through. Kids in aisle 23. <laughs> so funny. Would you tell a member of staff or would you just get it out and run? I don't think I would be able to, for me, I would laugh. And so Steve would not be of any use either. I would be laughing so hard that I don't think I'd, I'd manage it. I think I would just, Run. I would, yeah, I wouldn't be able to articulate the dump words. Dump and run, dump and run. Dump and run, yeah. And I would totally be the panicker with like, oh my God, give me something. Give me <laughs> fucking something. <laughs> Imagine if you bought that, you know, you can buy like X display toilets or bath <laughs> shit. And then it arrives, you're like, there are actual skid marks in this. How <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> it's never even been plumbed in. You'd be mortified. <laughs> um well i think that kind of brings us to the end of our parenting themed episode it's just not enough time i think we could talk about parenting forever so i guess we'll just have to say rate and subscribe oh yes of course rate and subscribe i can do jazz hands you can see them oh yeah and subscribe although if i do my jazz hands it changes the color of my face so i've got to yeah, try don't, and put, put your down though put those white monstrosities away <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh, until next week my dear friends 
until, until next week until next week i'll see you next tuesday see you next tuesday Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.